Good morning, church. If you have your Bibles, find your place in Romans chapter 5 is where we'll be looking. If you're a guest here with us today, God bless you for being here. I'm Pastor Mike. We're honored to have you. Those of you who are joining us online, we miss you. We hope that you'll be back with us soon. Please come be with us when you're ready and you feel, uh, feel comfortable again. We look forward to the day when we can all be back together in person, rejoicing in the Lord together. Romans chapter 5 is where we'll be. Very familiar words to most of us who are here today. As I continue to give my testimony and I make my confession today again about my hope in God. And I hope that my testimony will be an encouragement to you. And I hope that it will help you as you think about the importance of hoping in God. I said the first week that I hope in God, therefore I do not have hopelessness. I have put my faith in Jesus Christ and because of that, I have hope, and I have hope in all the circumstances of my life, hope in all the trials and troubles that come in this world. And I uh, declared to you that day, as I say to you again today, I am hopeful. I am more hopeful today in Jesus Christ than I've ever been. I said to you last week that I confess that I hope in God through the Lord Jesus Christ because I have been born again. There came a time in my life when I was a nine-year-old boy and I recognized that I was a sinner, that I needed a Savior and uh, hearing the gospel and being a part of a place where the gospel was preached, I gladly received the Lord Jesus Christ and exchanged my old way of life for a new way of life and became a new person in Christ as a nine-year-old boy. And I'm so delighted in that. And I'm grateful that the Lord has saved me. I have hope in God because I am saved. So today I'll continue my confession to you, but first we'll read Romans chapter 5 and we'll read verses 1 through 5. Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse number 1 and going through verse number 5. Paul is drawing some conclusions here for what he's been talking about, about the wonderful joy of being saved in chapter 4. Now I'll pick up in verse number 25 because it's only, it's important for us to recognize, in fact, he says in verse 22 of chapter 4, Therefore it was credited to him as righteousness. That is, when Abraham believed God, it was credited to him for righteousness. That's what faith is. Faith is trusting in God. And then it is credited to us for righteousness. He says about the Lord Jesus in chapter 4, verse 25, He who was delivered over because of our transgression." And was raised because of our justification. So everything is about the Lord Jesus Christ when it comes to our salvation. The Lord Jesus was delivered over because of your sin. Remember that this morning, whoever you are. And he was raised because of our justification. Praise God. Therefore, having been justified by faith, verse 1, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom also we have obtained an introduction by faith into this grace in which we stand and we exult in the hope of the glory of God. And not only this, but we also exult in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint, verse 5, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit 
who was given to us. Now, Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. And may the Holy Spirit of God be our teacher today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our focus today, my focus to you will be this, that I, here's my testimony again today for the third week. I hope in God because of my trials. I personally, I hope in God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you listening? Because of my trials, not in spite of them. Because of my trials, I have hope in God through Jesus Christ. I would say it to you this way. I confess today that I am more hopeful in God through the Lord Jesus Christ today than at any other time in my life because of the current trials that I am experiencing and the past trials that I have seen God help me in and the trials to come that I do not know about. I would hope that you would be able to say the same. Peter reminds us that if you're a follower of Jesus in this pitiful, hopeless, dark world of helpless people who do not know the direction in which they go, you and I must give an account to every person who asks us about the hope that is in us. That means when people see you in the world and listen to you talk, they sense about you a hopefulness that they don't know anything about. This is part of our Christian witness. My trials come, you see, only to make me more like Jesus. Therefore, bring on the trials. My trials only come to produce greater dependence in my life on God and on the Lord Jesus Christ. So I begin by asking all of you, my friends, today, and all of you listening, a very important question. <clears throat> I'm very aware as the pastor of this church of what I'm asking. I know the deep and hard trials that many go through today. All of us are struggling with something. As we learned last week from Peter, we're all distressed by various trials. But I ask you this question today. I ask the teenagers who are here, ask the boys and girls, and ask all of you adults, who are here today, those of you listening to my voice, are you able to say today that you hope in God through the Lord Jesus Christ because of the trials you are going through? Well, that's the confident hope that we have in Jesus Christ. And that's the way Paul the Apostle lived. In Romans chapter 5, these are famous words to many of us in this room, where we learn some of the great truths about uh, what it means to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I have three observations I want us to look at for a moment that I hope will encourage you. When I say hope, I'm expecting that this will encourage you. And I appreciate what Brother Steve prayed because the Word of God never returns void. I love to preach because I preach the Word that always has its effect. So here's my testimony in a little bit more detail. So Pastor Mike, why do you say how can you say you hope in God through the Lord Jesus Christ because of your trials? Well, I'm going to answer and elaborate based on what Paul said. I agree with Paul here. I've learned this from Brother Paul, who's gone before us and, and, and testifies what it means to have living hope in Jesus Christ. Number one, I'm saying this to you as my testimony. I hope in God, joyfully expecting 
to live in the eternal glory of God in the future, in heaven one day. Secondly, I hope in God in my trials. I, I really have no idea. I, don't, I can't control what happens in my life any more than you can. I don't know what's going to happen in the days I have left on this earth any, any more than you know. I understand what's happened in the past in my life, what I'm currently dealing with in my own life. We all have them. We all deal with them. But I hope in God in my current trials and in the trials that are to come because I joyfully know that these trials that I'm experiencing strengthen my hope in God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Finally, I hope in God without disappointment. Because I've understood now in my life what real Christian hope is, what the grace of hope is all about. It has no disappointment. I have no disappointment as I hope in God through the Lord Jesus Christ. I am not disappointed. I am satisfied because I know that God loves me and I can live with whatever comes because I live secure in the permanent, eternal love of God. So I ask you again today, are you confident, hopefully confident, assured and expectant that God is with you, will help you, and that He uses the trials He's placed in your life? You might want to trade your trials with someone else, but that's not going to happen. God the Father knows exactly what you need and that which has come into your life is given by His own sovereign purposes and direction and that's what you have. The little bit or the lot, whatever it is, whatever measure of trial and tribulation you're going through. The Lord Jesus said to us, in this world you will have tribulation. Are you listening to me? In this world you will have tribulation. Any kind of teaching or preaching that would say to you that when you get saved, you'll never have a problem is false teaching. The reality is that my trials are a part of what God has designed for my development as a person of Christ. Now, let's think about these in a few more details. Let's look at verses 1 and 2 in this first principle. I won't go here for long. I could because it's such a glorious thing. You see, it's the now and the future for all of us in this room. It's the now and the future. What are you on? Are you on, are you on a perpetual focus on the now? Or are you thinking and understanding that, praise God, every born-again believer in this room has more to look forward to than ever you'll experience in this world? What is it? Now or tomorrow? Now or the future? I say it another way. After this life, what about after this life and your life after your eternal life. Well, you see, this is what Paul's driving to in the first two verses. He describes here the fact that believers experience a privileged condition. If you're saved this morning, verse 5, 1, you have been justified by your faith in Jesus Christ. You cannot justify your sins before God on your own by works or by some kind of rationale or some kind of... You, you cannot justify yourself on your own merits, on your own words, on your own conduct before God. You and I are sinners and we'll always be sinners. And the Lord Jesus died for our sins. And when we believed in Him, you experienced this great privilege of being justified 
now being as many times you've heard preachers say, and I'll join the crowd, just as if you never sinned. Praise God. What a privilege. Having been justified by faith, just follow me along in your Bible, we have peace with God. Second privilege is now you're no longer at war, at war with God. No longer are you a rebel toward God, and God is not resistant towards you because you've been justified by faith. Praise God. We have peace with God. And we now, we now have this peace with God that comes through our Lord Jesus Christ and all that we have. Verse 2, and through whom, through Jesus Christ, look at this now, we have obtained our introduction by our faith in Jesus Christ into the grace of God in which we now stand. I'm standing in this world. I'm standing on the grace of God. Today, my life, I'm alive today because of the grace of God. You are alive today because of the continued grace of God. And we stand as believers justified before God in this world. Though we have sin that comes in our life, we are justified. Praise the Lord. And we have been, we have been introduced by our faith in Jesus Christ into a glorious world that the that the world doesn't know anything about. It is the glorious world of the grace of God shown to us in all of our, of all of our experiences of life. I, I only give this, verse, this other verse to you because I want you to be encouraged and I want you to see Paul as he develops this idea of our hope in God. And I'll read it to you for the sake of time. It's Romans 15, 13. Paul has been talking about in Romans 15 the glory of God that is seen in salvation of the Gentiles. And most of us in this room, unless you have a Jewish background, you are Gentiles. And at the end of this section in Romans 15, he says, and this is a great verse. Many of you should put this down, go home, meditate and think about it on this Lord's day. And so I say it to you as a blessing as Paul gave it now. May the God of hope, He's not only the God of love, He's not only the God of grace, He's not only the God of mercy, our God is the God of hope. When you're saved, you experience the grace of hope. May the God of hope, listen now, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That's it. As you trust Jesus Christ, my brothers and sisters, I, may, the, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about. It's as I've said to you before, when you know God, you will trust in Him. And when you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will hope in Him. And as you hope in Him expectantly, whatever your circumstances, there will come joy in your life. That's why all of these original, these early passages we've been looking at are associated with that wonderful, holy emotion called joy. Joy comes as I experience hope in God through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is based on my faith in Him. That's what I'm praying for all of you, my brothers and sisters. When trouble comes your way, when you encounter difficulties, when trials come that you don't expect, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you will, you will abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
So we, uh, we see today that Paul declares to us, we hope and exalt in the glory of God, the end of verse 2. How can I not? Because there's more to come than I've already experienced in my life. Heaven is your home. We're running for heaven. We're on a race to heaven. We're on our way. We're, we're, the, less, the longer we walk with God, the less we're impressed by this world and all of these things around us that we seem to have been so focused on in the past. Now, because I'm justified, I have peace with God I live with this glorious hope, this expectation that the day I take my last breath here, I awaken in the glory of God in heaven and I enjoy what the psalmist said, your presence is fullness of joy and in your right hand there are pleasures forever. I want you to know, friend. The Word of God does its best to, to describe to us the indescribable, indescribable nature of the glory of heaven. It is the place of your fullness of joy in the presence of God forever and the pleasures of God forever. Oh, the joy of heaven. When I'm facing trouble here, I think of heaven. I focus on, I set my mind on things to come. Secondly, I hope in God in trials, joyfully knowing they strengthen my hope. Look at verse number three. Not only do I exult in the hope of the glory of God, but notice he says we. He's describing what all believers do. If you're a follower of Jesus today, you exult in your troubles. Now, I know that's a very hard thing to say, isn't it? Because you have some knowledge. Notice how the, the passage is written. We exalt in tribulation knowing. You see, this is, this is part of your... This is why we teach the Word of God. This is why we preach the Word of God. This is why we study the Word of God. So that we may, may, may understand the knowledge of our salvation. This is one of those things you must know. Boys and girls, when you get saved... Your life is still going to have troubles. Students, you're going to experience troubles even though you're saved. All of my young adult Christian friends who are here today, I wish I could say to you that your troubles will lessen, but perhaps I would be lying greatly to you if I said that because the reality is, is that you will have trials all the days of your life, all the way to the days in which you finally are taken from this world. So what will you do with your trials? Will you complain about them? Will you, will you become angry because of them? Will you become a bitter, bitter, cynical person because of them? Because they are things that you cannot change, these circumstances, aren't they? You can't stop them. You can't avoid them. They come on you. You try to run from them, but trouble finds you wherever you go. As James says, you encounter various trials. And so do I. I'm a fellow traveler with you to heaven. I understand exactly the same torments and struggles. We all share them together. They may have different names. They may have different experiences. But they are all the same. We exult in our tribulations. Knowing that our tribulation does something. Our trouble brings three things. Did you see it here in verse number three and four? Our troubles produce 
perseverance or endurance. Our troubles then, because we are enduring, guess what happens? Our character, our person, our integrity grows. We, be, our, we have proven character as the New American Standard translates it. And then what starts to blossom? Why, um, the most unexpected thing, hope. You see, the world would say, well, I'm wishing for things to be better because if they get better, then I'll feel better. That's their, it's their weak way of trying to describe some kind of, of uh, worldly, fleshly hope. That's not the hope of the Word of God. It's not wishing, my friend. It's expecting. It's believing confidently with assurance and expectation that in my trials, God is going to help me, be with me, and deal with the trials as they need to be in my life now, all the way to heaven. So I persevere. You're here today in your troubles, aren't you? <clears throat> You're here. <clears throat> you, had to bring your, <clears throat> you had to bring your distractions and your despair here today. I've talked to you about this. To, to say that you'll have no de despair in your hope is wrong. The Word of God clearly teaches us. That God's people hope and sometimes our hope is weak because we, we're filled with despair. You may be here today and it seems that despair is robbing you of hope, my friend. Listen, troubles produce endurance. And you and I have need of endurance as we walk in this world. And as we endure, as Paul says, our character is shaped. This is what, this is what God does to make you like Jesus Christ. He brings these things or permits these things to come in our life, these troubles, because it is this that He uses to refine us, to shape us into <clears throat> Christ-likeness. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. That's what happened with our Lord Jesus. He despised, he despised the shame and he, he put up with all kinds of false treatment and Horrible treatment from sinners. But as we, as trials come, we endure as Christians, trusting God, and He develops in us maturity. And then guess what happens? We hope. One of our men was talking with me this week about a health problem he has that continues to come up. And he said it very well. He said, I'm struggling again from this health problem. But here was his words. I've been through this before and I know that God is going to help me with this trouble in my life. Did you hear that? That's the confidence you have. When you have been through trouble before and God has been with you and helped you in your past troubles, that's how you develop proven character. And you're able to say, well, I have great expectation that God is with me in the future. You see, trouble, as I've said, strengthens our hope because we have to depend on God. At the end of the day, you may have turned to a lot of people in your trials for help. <clears throat> but there's not a one of us who hasn't prayed repeatedly, Oh God, have mercy on me in my trials. Current trials recall for us what God's done for us in the past. We remember His mercy to us. In the past, we've had trials and troubles in the past and we've seen God's hand. That's the proven character that He's developing in your life. Live off of that, my friend. 
Live off of what God's done for you in your past troubles. And you see, trouble strengthens our hope because it reveals to us God's great love for us and His assurance. I wait for the Lord. My soul does wait, and in His word, His promise, do I hope. Paul said, Philippians 3.20, Our citizenship as believers is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We trust, we hope, and we wait with assurance for God's help in our troubles. That's the part of hoping that has to do with waiting. Maybe the best way to describe this idea of waiting expectantly is what's happened to many of our families, most of us in this room. When a child is about to be born, there is expectation. There's excitement. The day has come. The child is about to be born. What a joyful thing. It is expectancy. It's, it's enthusiasm. It's thinking about all the days ahead that will come. That's the beauty of what it is to hopefully wait in God. And for some of you today, my brothers and sisters, <clears throat> the longer God makes you wait, the more He is seeking to assure you that He is with you and He will help you the longer you have to wait. I know you want it to be over. I know you wish it would change. But these things are in the hands of God. I hope in God joyfully expecting to live in the eternal glory of God one day in heaven. That's why I can put up with whatever trials come in my life. They're, they're temporary. I, I live in this temporary pain in order to experience the joy, the heavenly joy that never ends of being with the Lord Jesus. I hope in God in my trials because I... I joyfully know, I, I joyfully know that these strengthen my hope. My expectation in God is strengthened, not diminished by my troubles. And then finally, I hope in God without disappointment because I, listen, I know God loves me. Paul says, and hope does not disappoint. You see, when you have the hope of God, when you have the grace of hope in your life, and you're saved and you, experience, you have it in you. I want to say to you again, if you're saved, you have been given the grace of hope. It may be weak because you focused on your circumstances in the wrong way. Someone's taught you, well, you know, you're saved. You should never have trouble. Someone's taught you wrong. Someone's taught you wrong. No, you see these troubles that come, they're going to come and therefore are good. Therefore, the purposes of helping us be like Christ but when you have Christian hope and expectation in God, listen, you'll never be disappointed when you hope in God. There is no disappointment. So someone says to you, well, I was hoping. Yes, and they go on to say, but it didn't happen. Disappointment. Oh, how sad it is to see Christians who live in disappointment because they have not hoped in God. Disappointment. Disappointment can take you far away from your relationship with God. You become disappointed with God, don't you? 
You thought God would never allow that to happen in your life. You, you considered that because you were faithful and you were doing what you were doing for God, He would not allow those kinds of things or people or circumstances to happen in your life. And you, you're disappointed in God. You're disappointed in someone who called themselves a follower of Jesus. <clears throat> they didn't treat you as they should have treated you. They said things to you they shouldn't have said. You were disappointed in a group of believers in a church somewhere along the way. You were disappointed. You were disappointed in what happened at work. You're disappointed with your children. That's because you did not have hope in God. Hope in God does not disappoint. Hope in God does not disappoint even though you walk with a limp. Hope in God does not disappoint even though you carry a disease in your body and you've not been healed of it. Hope in God does not disappoint even though there's trouble in your family. Hope in God does not disappoint even when the world is falling apart and coming apart from around you. Hope in God does not disappoint because we have a Savior who is coming again. Hope does not disappoint. Hope assures. Hope in God assures. That's why I'm spending all this time here, my brothers and sisters. Why are you in despair, oh my soul? Hope in God through the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, hoping in God never disappoints and never brings shame and never brings regret. You see, when you're disappointed, you're shamed about it. Uh, when you're disappointed, you have regret. But you see, Paul says later, Romans 9.33, He who believes in Him, listen, will not be disappointed. If you believe in the Lord Jesus, you see, most of us have spent most of our life believing in people and how'd that work out for you? Not so good. You believed in yourself. How did that work out for you? Not so good. But when you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, when you put your faith in Him, because you know who He is from the Word of God, you can trust Him. You can trust Him in every circumstance of life. And all of a sudden, because of your faith, as I've said to you week by week, your hope will rise. And as it rises, you expectantly wait on God in your troubles. And joy starts to come in your life. That wonderful fruit of the Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit does this. Look at this. Let me read it. Hope does not disappoint because. Here's the cause. Because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. The Spirit testifies with our spirit. You're a child of God. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. But I save the best for last. If you turn to John 17, the very last words of the Lord Jesus Christ in His great high priestly prayer. Describe for us what 
you are experiencing as a follower of Jesus Christ today. By the way, if you're saved, you have experienced the Holy Spirit of God saying to you, you are loved. What does it say? Some of you are turning to it. John 17, 26, the very last words of the Lord Jesus Christ to God the Father in His high priestly prayer. He says, I have made your name known to them. John 17, 26. I have made your name known to them so that the love with which you loved me may be in them. Now, wait a minute. I hope you caught that. I'm about to finish, but I hope you caught that. That means that the same glorious, full, assuring love of God the Father that He expressed to God the Son as He was here on this earth is the same glorious love of God, assuring love of God that is poured out in your heart by the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. Praise God! No matter what you're going through, because the love of God, the same precious, permanent Love that God the Father had for His Son, He has now given to you, my dear brother, sister in Christ, child of God. You now have the blessed love of God in your heart, in your mind. So whatever comes your way, you say, praise God. Because God loves me even in these worst, horrible, terrible troubles that I am going through. That's hope in God. You see, hope in God is something that's tied to our experience. I like the way John Bunyan, John Bunyan, one of the early Baptist preachers, 1650s. He wrote Pilgrim's Progress. Many of you have read Mr. Bunyan on Pilgrim's Progress or perhaps on other things. I'd recommend him to you. He, there's a lot of modern English translations of his works you should but this is one of my favorite sayings of John Bunyan, talking about hope. Talking about hope as it's connected to our life and how we live. Listen, here it is. Hope, Christian hope has thick skin. That's it. Your trials and troubles aren't going to wear you down. You've got thick-skinned hope. You've learned to hope in God. This isn't your first battle. This isn't your first trial. This isn't your first trouble. You've got thick skin. Hope produces thick skin. So what do we remember this morning as we go? Well, faith comes by hearing. And here's my point. Hope comes by experience. That's why it's a little troubling when you find someone who says they've been a believer in Jesus Christ for a long time. And they are always complaining about their problems. And their circumstances. And blaming other people and living in cynicism and anger and all those toxic emotions. You would think that if you followed the Lord Jesus Christ for any amount of time, you've come to have experience and perseverance and proven character and hope has risen because you've seen what God's done in the past. Surely you're sitting here today and all of you, no matter what your current troubles are, can look back and say, yes, God was with me in those things that I suffered in the past. Well, then rejoice. Rejoice. He's with you in these. And He says to you, 
in the midst of the hardest day of your life, when the greatest of trials may come, the Holy Spirit of God cries out, Abba, Father, that is the point of language of saying, I love you, Lord, and the Lord says, I love you. The hope of heaven controls my desires on this earth. That's why I need trouble. It, it pulls my old stingy hands. You know what? I want to hold on to this world. I'm, I'm made of the dirt of this world and I just, I got to hold on to it. There's nothing to hold on to. It's not worth your time. That's what trials do. Trials help us to let go of what is passing so that we might hold on to what is what is permanent and eternal. Hoping God leads, uh, feeds our patience. I, I put out there a note for Romans 12, 12. Romans 12, 12 is three phrases. Maybe this is for you today. In the midst of your trouble. Here they are. Rejoice in hope. Persevere in your troubles. And be devoted to prayer. That's it. That's it. And may I say to you again, my friend, I want to say to you who are struggling in the depths of your despair today, the love of God never disappoints our hope, even in the deepest trial. God's love is, God is for you. That's why I've spoken to this church ever since we've been in these strange years of these, uh, this pestilence we've struggled with. The good from the bad is still true. God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God because they're loved by God and who are called according to His purposes. So daily use, what do we do? Well, we make sure we're saved. That's it. If you're a hopeless one today, it's because you're not saved. Hopelessness is the, is the, is the, is the opposite of Christian hope. Despair, yes, may come to the Christian. Depression and discouragement, yes, they may come, but it's, it's the way you're looking at your circumstances. It's the way you're receiving those things. Rather than understanding why God sent them, wait for God in your current trials. And I don't mean wait with some kind of pessimistic wishfulness. I'm talking about hoping in God. Confident assurance, you're waiting confidently. God's got this. God's going to take care of it. He's going to take care of it. I don't know when. I don't know how. But to the glory of God, because God's purposes are tied to this, not my purposes, He has chosen for me to struggle with what I'm struggling with. And remember how God has helped you in times past. Oh, I've thought about this gospel song all week long. It's in my head. You know, have you ever had that where you've had music and words in your head? I appreciate what Brother Steve does. I go, I sing the songs we sing on in worship all during the week, it's so helpful to me. And I just, I, I know many of you, it's the same, but I cannot get this song out of my mind. It shows my age. It's a song from my teenage years, but I don't care. I'll quote it to you anywhere. I, anyway, I have, I have seen many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times when I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation. For my trials come to only make me strong. 
Through it all. Through it all. I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all. Through it all. I've learned to depend upon His Word. Can you say through it all? Through it all. Amen.